Welcome back into another episode of Red Zone Talk. Episode 6, correct, Tim? Episode yeah, six, 6 for the people? Yep. We are happy to be here talking some football. Tim, how excited are you to talk some football here? It was a fun week, too. I'm, I'm very was. excited. Yeah, we're, um, you know, a couple surprise, a lot of surprises around the league. Honestly, we've had a lot of crazy stuff going on. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries, but we'll get to all that fun stuff as we go along. Um, obviously, the second episode on video. Hopefully, you guys check the last one out on YouTube. This one will also be up on YouTube. Uh, it does take a little bit longer to post. You may have to wait till around noon on Friday, but it'll be up there. Yeah. Um, also, still out on Spotify. Apple Podcasts everywhere we usually are. So it is it is video on podcast on uh on Spotify, podcast, right? On Spotify, yeah. So you yeah. can view the video on uh Spotify if you want True. to. If you don't want to the the YouTube ads and such, yeah. Hit us up on Spotify, we're there. So I completely lost my train of thought. But you ready to jump into it? Yeah, let's just go. Let's just go. Let's go. Why not? So trivia this week. I am got some three questions here for you. Hopefully they're not too easy. I'm sitting at five and four, so you need a two and one week here to tie it up. Yeah. So, no pressure. If you go three and zero, oh, we're ending the show early. I'm getting out of here. You take the lead, <laughs> cutting it, cutting it. It's we'll over. cut it at 45 minutes after trivia is over. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So this one's for the fans out there. I know we got a lot of Cowboys fans, obviously. Oh, God. So we're gonna kick it to the Cowboys all-time receiving leaders. I need. I can't remember the number. I told myself one, two, five. Five of the top ten guys on the okay. Cowboys all-time receiving lists. List normal list rules apply. Three strikes. Okay. Uh, you got okay. two hints for your three questions. Fire away, okay. my friend. Uh, Michael Irving. Number two. Yeah. Not number two. Really. Number two. Yeah. You'll 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 Ooh. know the number one. Guy. Des Bryant. It's got to be one then, right? Des. No. Des is actually five. Des Bryant's five. Wow. Five. There's I a just, there's a long time guy at the one spot. Long time guy. Long time guy. Okay, so I'm, I got two. Is Terrell Owens there? To actually not. I was shocked. That really? Is strike one. Yeah. To is uh. He wasn't there very long. Only like three yeah. or four seasons. I yeah. Forty seven games played. He's twelfth. He's just off the list. So okay. it's good guess. So you got one uh, strike. So if he's off, then there's no way Amari Cooper's there. Is there? Mark, how long was Mark Cooper there for? He was about That's the same time. Question. He was about there four years. So I, I don't, if T.O. couldn't do it in four years, I don't think Amari Cooper could have done it in four years. Well, I guess T.O. was hurt a little bit in Dallas, I think. Hmm. Man, I, I am not going to lie. Like, my Dallas Cowboys, like, knowledge is not stellar. Yeah, this, this one might be a little tough, you know. But just as a, a free one, the receiving yard mark to get here is 3,728 yards. Oh, I'll, um, I'll guess Amari Cooper then. Amari Cooper's nine. Okay. Right? He squeaked in there just over 100 yards in. T.O. is just like 200 yards short. So he's, short. he's very okay. close. He's on that line. So I got three. You got three. One, one strike. strike. Okay. Um, there are some some memorable names on here. So. Is there really? I, know. I mean, there's a couple. I mean, a couple that you wouldn't expect, but. Like pre-90s Cowboys, I just don't think I'm going to know. Um I'm very tempted to guess Michael Gallup just because he's been there for so long. So I think he could get over the 3000 yards, but I don't know if I want to like throw that. And eh, I got one strike. I'm going to throw out Michael Gallup. I might as well. He is unfortunately not here, probably okay. down in the 18 range or so he's over 3000, but he about is. 400 yards short of where we need to be. Yeah. Okay. 
I just figured, you know what I mean? He never probably had a thousand yards. I mean, he had one year when he had a thousand yards, didn't he? He was close to it, yeah. Yeah. So he's I figured, 71 games played, which is more than Amari Cooper and T.O. and T.O. Yeah, he was just, he's been there for so long. I thought maybe he could sneak in there. Man. Roy Williams won't be here. Um, that's so weird that that's who comes to my mind. That's the mind. Um, man, there's probably someone like one has got to be like stupid, obvious. And I'm just like completely overthinking him. But it is a bit. I want you to purely think of I mean, he is one of the best in this position of all time. Um, best at the position. of. He's all one time. of he's not the best. I don't even actually he's not in the com- conversation for one, but he's definitely okay. in that. Top I'm like, 10 I'm range. like, my brain went like Jerry Rice, Randy. Ma- I'm like, is he in that group? But I don't. Man, I'm gonna use a hint here just to just to play it safe with only three right and two strikes. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna use a hint. All right, so there. I'm trying to see here. Um, of the the three names that I there's four names I recognize. One is just a weird thing for me. Okay. The number one guy played 255 games with the Cowboys, and he he did play into the 2010s. So he he was in the Tony Romo era and back. Oh Bro. my God! Okay, Did go get ahead. It? <laughs> I think I, I think I know that one. <laughs> There's another guy. I was shocked to see him in the top ten, um, but again, played 106 career games in Dallas, so he was there for a while. Had a really good stint, but mm-hmm. injuries kind of pushed him out afterwards. Okay. And then the last guy, I just I know the name. I honestly couldn't tell you why I know his why? name, but yeah, I think obviously I, the one guy you should get. Yeah, Jason Wenton. There he is. Yeah. I was like, you're thinking of just receivers. I was like, you got to open it up. Yeah. I just like, as soon as you said that, you're like, I was like, oh, it's Jason Winton. I was like, who else could it be? Uh, Matty C was, Matty C texted me last week when I was struggling with Vince Young and he's like, I was just screaming in my car, Vince Young, Vince Young. I know. I guarantee he's doing the same thing with Jason Jason Winton. You're just like, yeah, it's got to be Jason Winton. Of course. Why wouldn't it be Jason Winton? He was there forever. I guess he played yeah. in, uh, in Las Vegas or Oakland for a season or whatever, but he was there. Yeah, this the last one's gonna be tough. I won't lie to you. So um, I have four, and then you said a guy. So the guy who like what era? The guy you said who played there a long time but got pushed out by injuries. Like by what injuries. was his? What was his time? Like, give me, can you give me like a like nineties, eighties? Um, he was 2000s. mid. Mid 2000s to mid 2010s. His oh. career stretched from 06 to 2015. He did not play his whole career in Dallas. He did play in Cleveland and Philly. You will not remember him anywhere else but Dallas. You think of him only as a Dallas Cowboy. And he's one of those guys that, like, hmm. you know, it's just, I, I, I don't know how to explain him without giving him away, you know. And I could give you a comparison, but I also think it would immediately give away. Give it away. Guy. Yeah. Hmm. He's one of those guys that like never really blew you away with talent, but kind of a fan favorite. I would say he's a fan favorite. I think. I think a lot of guys remember him very well. Cole, Cole Beasley's coming to my mind, but that's not who you just described because Cole, yeah. Cole Beasley's career was longer. Yeah. Um, but like, I was surprised he wasn't farther up on the list because he played around 100 games too. I think. And he did just, he? Okay. I was yeah, gonna say didn't... I felt like he was there a long time, but yeah, it wouldn't shock me that he wasn't. He just never was like super. He played 103 games there. Cole Beasley did just 3,200 yards in that time frame. Oh, man, you're gonna say this name, and I'm gonna be so mad that I just don't know it off the top of my head. But I really am like, 
like I can't remember who played alongside Dead Des Bryant because that like is the same era as Des. So. Yeah, it is. A, it is another receiver. It's not a tight end or anything end tricky at all. Like so yeah, because they don't have they don't have a running back. They've only had like traditional running backs there, so it wouldn't be a running back really. Hey, Emmett Smith did get three thousand career yards. You know, he's like all the way down to like twenty five, but he did get three thousand. Mm, yeah, man, I just can't think of anyone. Like Roy Williams coming to my mind, but that would have been too early for this guy. Um, I've said him a bunch, but he was just terrible. Um, did this, hold on. Did this guy play for you guys? Why do I feel like he played for – no, he played his whole career in Dallas. There's another guy that played in like the 70s, played 10 years from 73 to 83. Yeah, I have no shot at that guy. Probably way back there. For some reason, I thought he played for the Patriots at some point. I think it might just be the name that's drawing me there. But... I just I don't want to kill too, too much time, huh? Yeah, no, you're good. I, I don't I don't want to kill too much time on this. I think I'm just going to take the L because I just don't. I can't. It's not going to come to me. All right. So to run through the top ten here, yeah. uh, we got Jason Witten and Michael Irvin at one and two. Tony Hill at three. Not a guy. Drew Pearson was the other name that I feel like I recognized for some reason um, from those old Cowboys teams. Dez is at five. Bob Hayes at six. That's the, another name that I re- remembered. But yeah. again, it was – I think that's a Madden bad. like ultimate player or something like yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank Clark played back in like the fifties and sixties apparently. Um, uh-huh. The guy that we were looking for, Miles Austin, number eight really? on the list. Yeah, number eight. Wow. He yeah. did get hurt. My yeah. my player comparison there, like to try to draw you towards it, would have been like Austin Collie in yeah. Indy. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like I would connect that dot really quick. I probably wouldn't have. I haven't thought okay. of Austin Miles in such a long time. But yeah, he was there. He was explosive too. He was yeah. kind of underrated. Amari Cooper at nine, Doug Cosby at ten, and CD Lamb actually is the eleventh spot. He's already. Well, I didn't even think about CD, but yeah, I guess only three years there. I, there's no yeah. way he would have hit that mark. He's got four games more played than To, and uh, about uh, actually only about 30, 40 yards more than To did too. So, so on pace. I mean, that's a good comparison. He'll, he'll break. He'll break. He'll probably pass uh, Mark Cooper this year as long as he doesn't get hurt for sure. Okay. Good so, for CD Lamb. Tough, tough start, but yeah, I knew that was going to be a little rough. It's not your favorite team or everything, but I was hoping with five. I felt like four was too easy. Like Dez, Jason Witten. Yeah. Um, I felt like four was easy. So, all right. So this one, another list. I just went all lists this week. Anytime I like run out of ideas, I'm like, well, the fans love it. I love it. List. Let's do list. <laughs> um, we are looking at the top. 20 there's 11 quarterbacks that are in this top 20 range single season passing yards of all time and okay. to be fully honest with you i didn't even think about how many guys i wanted you to name until just now okay um 11 guys there's 11 guys that fill the top 20 spots for the okay. single season passing leaders of all time so the best yeah. individual seasons yeah um honestly i think you could probably get all 11 yeah. i kind of want to ask for all 11 I think I'm going to. If you give me three strikes, I might be able to. Three strikes, all 11. I think you could get there. Drew Brees is here. Drew Brees is here five times. Yeah. Maybe six, actually. Six, um, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's really good. Yeah, he was good. Aaron Rodgers is here. Oh. Really? Wait. Actually, I'm surprised. Wait a second. Oh, is he not? Is he not? Okay. Aaron Rodgers isn't here. Okay. That's fair. Where? Wow. No. His his top seasons all the way down at like number fifty six actually, Dang. which is by the way fifty six is still forty six hundred yards. Yeah. So, uh, um, 
I'm surprised actually by that too. Shoot. Is Justin Herbert here? Justin Herbert is here. Number 15 on the list. He eclipsed that 5,000 yard mark in yeah, 2021. That's what I thought. Um, Manning is here. Yep. Manning, obviously number one on this yeah. list with that 2013 year in Denver. Uh, Brady is here. Brady is here. Number three is his top spot. It also holds the five spot. Okay. Um, don't think Philip ever got to that point. Um, Dan Marino is here. Dan Marino is here. Number 12, the only 5,000 yard mark before the two thousands. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. He was yeah. kind of, it was the outlier in this. Um, the, uh, yeah, everybody else is actually literally every other season is past 2010. So there's, there's a free hint for you. Yeah. And also the, the bottom number, number 20 on this list, uh, 4,933 yards. Um, yeah. So basically a 5,000 yard season. Um, just about yeah matt ryan is here matt ryan is here number 19 squeaked in in 2016 that's what i thought i thought he would be towards the bottom don't think i'm just trying to think post 2010 because see i don't think philip would have done it post 2010 um that just doesn't feel feel like it's there yeah i mean if i have three strikes i might save that for later don't think stafford ever did it because he was like he's been a consistent like in that four thousand yard guy. Unless he did, actually no. Did Stafford do it? Stafford's here. Stafford did do it. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you doubled back on that one. Stafford yeah. uh, number fourteen, his twenty eleven season in Detroit. I was about to say the one year with Calvin Johnson, he probably got there. Yeah, Calvin had nineteen fifty that year. So I'm missing four guys. You have Peyton, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. There's yep. one missing two. Um, I, I think I have seven. Three. Yeah, you're. Four guys for 11. Four guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting some of the obvious. Yes, Mahomes is here. That's one. Yeah. So three left. I may cut you off at 10 because the last one is a bit sneaky. Okay. Just kind of depends on how the strikes plays out. We'll see. Okay. I don't want I, you to lose this I'm one. On one left. strike. And then so Mahomes is here. Herbert is here. Uh, there is one active guy that you have not gotten yet that is here. One, one active guy. And it's it's probably it's the name that does not belong on this list. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to chase that guy then. Um, I was like, Alan's definitely not here. Um, who am I? Who am Ooh, actually, that's a tricky, that's actually kind of a tricky one to tell you that he's active. He's not a starter, but he's active. Interesting. He's, huh. He is an active quarterback, not an active starter. Is he on a roster? Yes. Yes, he is. Hmm. Man, that makes me want to guess Nick Foles, but that's just wrong. Um, that is a, that is a bold guess. Yeah, that's just wrong. I was like, he was like only a legit starter for like two, two or three years. Um, man, who am I just like blanking on here? I'm okay, trying yeah. to think. Oh, um, no, Cam didn't do it in his MVP season. I'm just trying to run through MVPs in my mind. Oh, good. Um, that's why I'm shocked. Uh, Rogers isn't here. With I, I was shocked. Not even in the top fifty. That's crazy to yeah, me. That is crazy. Never got close. Cause I knew Marino would be on here as like the out. Cause Marino was thrown for 5,000 yards. Like when no one was even coming close to it. Yeah. And, 1984. Yeah. was the and, year he did it. And breeze has been doing it for like ever. Um, yeah. Oh God. Do I need to burn a hint on this that I'm just like that blanked out on this? Um, Ooh, that's bad. This is like kind of sad that I'm like, I think you can get the active guy if you sit here and think about it because it was a 5,000-yard season. It's not like this isn't this guy isn't the guy that's sitting at 20. Yeah, and he's on an active roster. I'm just he's a veteran backup guys who are 
who've thrown like that. Because Flacco, I don't think Flacco's here because I don't think he ever broke he's, into that. Club. He's not in. He's not on an active roster. He's not on an active roster. God, I'm trying to think of like who are the like I don't. You don't think of like veteran back. Don't go guys. super veteran. He's not super old. He's not. Yeah, I know. Old. I know that that's throwing you for a loop. But I feel like if I give too many more hints, it's just going to be a cakewalk uh-huh. to get it. He's not super old, but he's yeah. not a starter. It's not Jacoby Brissett. It's not and he threw for 5,000 yards in a season. I mean, it's a very curious case at the quarterback spot. Uh-huh. Who's a guy that just puzzles you? You're just like, oh, what Grace a fucking... Daniels, but he's not on an active roster, I don't think, either. Can't, um, can't, can't get a beat on this guy. Is he good? Is he bad? I don't know. Oh, Jameis Winston. There he is. Okay. Jameis Winston, yeah. So, that's insane. Jameis Winston has the 10th best passing season of all time. By yeah, Marks. I just started <laughs> running through NFC teams in my head because I was like, ah, it has to be an NFC guy because all the NFC yeah. guys come right to my head. But I was like, ah, it's Jameis. I forgot about that in Tampa Bay. All right. Two guys left. Uh, one guy holds the number nine, and he's tied with Breeze for the 17 spot, so technically 18, mm-hmm. and then you're missing 20. Two very notable guys, two Hall of Fame guys in our books. Mm-hmm. Um well, one's a surefire Hall of Fame. Another one questionable, but he is surefire in our book. Okay, I'm gonna go. I have I have one strike, right? Yeah, you still got two to burn. So can I go, Philip Rivers? Yes, you can. Unfortunately, he's not here. Not here. Um, that's, that's the second one. Um, man, you got it. You're you're missing. It's not Eli. I don't think Eli makes a ton of sense. I just I mean, four thousand yards. Did Eli ever do that? Before 9.33, that is the mark to make this list. Hmm. I'm going to use a hint with two guys left and only needing to get one. Or All right. So, God, what do I what do I want to do here? How do I fucking give a hint here without giving this away? I mean, um, yeah, I was like, you could probably say that college is, and I'm going to know probably who it is. Yeah. So. Uh, both guys played their entire careers for the teams. Well, both, both guys played their entire careers – for the same team. One of them was not by the team that drafted him, but it was his entire career with the same team. Um, so and both gotta, Eli's got to be on there then. Is that an yeah. official guess? Yeah, I'm going to go Eli Manning. He is. He squeaked it. That's the number 20 spot right at that 4-9-33 mark. Damn, uh, good for Eli. Shout out all our Giants fans for being a doubter on that. Um, yeah. Can you give me that I, hint for the other guy? I want to see if I can get it. Um... I mean, he played for he he just retired a couple years back. Played for about uh, eighteen seasons, probably. I think if the math is right there, maybe. No way, it was Big Ben. Yeah, Big Ben, hundred percent. Yeah, Big Ben at uh, number nine, and then also at uh, the eighteen spot. Oh, I guess I wouldn't have thought he threw it like that, but yeah, Big Ben was Big Ben slung it around quite a bit. As much as I hate to say it, do what? What year did Big Ben do it? Uh, his best year was actually 2018. He threw for when he threw for 5,000, and then uh, 2014 and Le'Veon, yeah, yeah, and then 2014, uh, he just missed 5,000 barely. Okay, hmm. crazy. Yeah, yeah. I threw those guys out early because I was like, yeah, it wouldn't be like I st- the wouldn't be that guy. guy. Yeah, first thing I did was like, okay, 04 draft class. I was like. Couldn't be Eli. Couldn't be Ben. Maybe <laughs> that's my my favorite thing. Was like the second thing you say. Like, couldn't be Eli, and I was like, really? <laughs> "That's the yeah. thing." I can't make a face anymore either. You're yeah, gonna see I know. me. All right, one uh, this one. one. This one is tough. And then the other thing is, I didn't really figure out how I wanted to to right. ask this one. Okay. Um, the 
Uh, maybe I'll let you pick. We're we're looking at most games played, regular season only. So it's just most most appearances in uh-huh. regular season NFL games. Now, special teamers litter this list. Mostly kickers. There are a couple punters that litter this list. Yeah. Do you want to to get? You know, do you want to be able to guess kickers? Because you may have to guess a couple more if we're guessing those. Or do you want to take special teamers out of it and just go position players? Oh God. That's the question here. I don't like all-time kickers that much, so I think I'd rather stay away from them. Stay away just, from them? Okay. Yeah. So just outright, I'm going to eliminate any special teamer. So like George okay. Blanda, not here because he was a kicker and a quarterback. Um, okay. And then I think, there, like I, I said, there's right a ton of kickers. Long. The only other guy that would really get bumped outside of that would be there's some Trey Junkin played he was a long snapper tight end linebacker he's listed as all three so he does not count either um so what makes our list here one two three four five six seven eight nine ten ten yeah i think i need probably at least i'll give you give me give me give me give me six of them Six. Okay. Yeah. And that's just a random number I pulled. So Okay. Tom Brady. Number six. Brett Favre. Well, number one on our list. Brett Favre is okay. here as well, yes. Yeah. Um trying to think long careers. Um skip most of these guys gotta be quarterbacks because quarterback's the only thing you can play for a long time and play pretty consistently without getting hurt. I'd I'd imagine at least. There, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a free hint on this one. Of the guys we are looking at, you've named two of the three quarterbacks actually already. There's oh. quite a few position players on here that I was surprised by. Man, is Breeze going to be here? Well, he got hurt for a year and then split time with Philip Rivers and. Dougie. And the mark to make our list is 271 games played. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, now that you've given that, narrow down. Perfect. Oh, yeah. You yeah, need another yeah. free one. Peyton Manning's not here. I didn't think he would be. With he just misses two sixty six. So he was hurt for one whole season. Yeah, um, if not. and then he he retired decently young. Like they didn't play into his late forties. Um, yeah. Decently young is thirty eight now for quarterbacks. Yeah. Is the is the I have two out of the three quarterbacks. Is the other quarterback like post two thousand? Yes. He is. His whole career was post two thousand. Couldn't have been Manning. Man, Eli retired too young. I mean, we're going back. This list is like a repeat of the last list here. Yeah. Um, Philip, that could be Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers played for a long time, and I don't think he ever got hurt. So I'm going to go Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is not here. I am kind of surprised. I don't think that's a terrible guess. Let me see if okay. I can scroll down and see where he landed at. If you want to keep guessing, because yeah, like he he wouldn't have been. I don't think he ever got hurt for a whole season. Maybe he missed games here and there. I mean, he is actually way down this list. Tied with Terrell Suggs, 244 games. So, yeah, he missed it by about 20, Okay, which isn't really a lot when you think about it. I mean, he was like 41 on the Colts. Um, Trying to think of quarterbacks who played in their 40s. Like, it's just so hard because Brady set the bar so high that it's like – He did, yeah. Him and Favre played forever. So, it's like who else played that long? Um, I'm probably going to bump down the number of guys you need because I think six is a little too high. I'll probably set it like maybe four. It's also possible. Like once we get into positional players, it's. I mean, yeah, I, I think um, there's one guy I think is super obvious. He had a very, very long career. Jerry um, Rice. Jerry Rice is here. That's the okay. exactly the guy I was talking about. Yep. Yeah. 
It's so crazy when you look, because obviously he retired for a year or two here, but it's listed he played from 1985 to 2004. Yeah. I mean, as he came back, played for Seattle Seattle and uh, Oakland. And Oakland. So that was like a weird stretch of his career. I, he was on my like short, I'm just this quarterback is really trying to figure out which quarterback this could be. Because Big Ben didn't play. I mean, Big Ben, I guess, played longer than. Did he play? Yeah, he played another season past Philip Rivers, I think, or maybe they retired the same season. Big Ben did uh, get hurt quite a bit, though. Yeah, that's a good it's... point. Yeah, he rammed his motorcycle into the wall without a helmet, so that's true. That's not, that's not the guy you want to pick for an all-time. He's surprisingly but... still, like, with all the kickers included, he's fifty-seven on yeah. the list. But Eli, Eli had that Iron Man streak, so it makes me want to guess Eli, um, because it, like they benched him. Was it for Gino? I think in New York, and everyone was yeah. It broke his streak. Yeah, but was that because well, yeah, they were they were ass that year and they were like oh we're gonna bench him instead of just yeah. playing those other six games uh, man could it have been eli but it did, i think oh and he stayed on a year with daniel jones didn't he i think so after, oh but yeah that won't count well it, it, count has, to be, it, it has to be a starter here he has to appear in the game mm. which of course is yeah i mean i guess if you, i don't know if being a holder counts as appearing but he wasn't be a holder it would be a punter uh, at that point yeah too late in the year. Or... Um, hmm. Damn. Man, that so, quarterback's really bugging me. Of the guy, I'll give you one hit. You've already said his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, you I have said you have mentioned him once along the way. Um Eli Ben Phillip. Yeah, the only three quarterbacks I think I've mentioned. Oh, that and Drew Brees, but it can't be Brees. It can't yeah, be him. There is an offensive lineman here. There's a corner yeah. here. Two defensive ends, a linebacker, and I'll actually open it up to the top eleven guys. There's two tight ends here as well. Oh god, this is gonna get ugly. Um, it might. <laughs> man, it makes me think like could Jason Witten be on this list because he played forever. And then it also makes me think about uh, uh, Jimmy Graham because he just kept like playing on irrelevant teams. That's true. Wonderer. for a long time, but he can't. I don't think he was a consistent enough starter on those teams to probably get. Um, I'm going to go Eli Manning for the other quarterback. Is that right? Eli Manning is not here, unfortunately. Damn. Down the list quite a ways. And I already guessed Philip Rivers, right? That was my other strike? Uh, I believe so, yes. Okay. I believe so. Even if it wasn't, he's not here, so don't burn him. <laughs> yeah. So it has to either be Breeze or Roethlisberger? Yes. Damn. I'm going to go Breeze. I guess Breeze played forever, too. Yeah, Breeze is here, yes. Breeze is our third quarterback. So that gives me four, and I need one more? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you got three quarterbacks of Jerry Rice. So you need one guy. You got two tight ends. Two tight ends, an offensive lineman, two edge guys, and a corner. The only Um, offensive lineman I can think of is Joe Thomas, but I think he retired decently young. Um, Yeah. Tight ends could be Jason Witten. Could be Jimmy Graham. He played forever. Um, like I don't know. I don't. I like Shannon Sharp started playing in the '80s, and he played all the way to like 2002, 2001. Like, no, I don't think he played in the '80s. I might, uh, yeah, he did. He played in the. Question 80s. is, as a sixth round, or was he undrafted? How quickly did he start, though? You know, how many yeah, years was he? That's true. Well, I think it was. I think it was year two. I think. Because he got drafted as a wide receiver and they switched him, I think, to tight end. Um, God, D end. God, that could 
be so many guys. I think the tight ends are probably the easier ones to get. Um, The DN could be Michael Strahan too. That's who I think of when you say the DN. Um, He just, he also just feel like he played forever. Um, Man, longevity. It's not Antonio Gates. He got hurt a season. Just trying to think of tight, like reliable tight ends. Gates is actually a lot higher on this list than I thought he was, but he is yeah. not. He's not. He's not one of the two guys we're looking for. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, Tony G played. It could be Tony. You know what? I'm gonna guess Tony Gonzalez because he played forever. Yeah, you scraped it in. He was our when I opened it up to 11 for our second tight end. He's the, he's the second tight end. Yes. Yeah, because he played for Atlanta and Kansas City, so he yep. played. He played with Matt Ryan. I'm pretty sure for a year mm-hmm. or two. Yeah, yeah, he played from 1997 to 2013. Yeah, so, nuts. Who was? Uh, who are the other guys? Jason Witten was our tenth guy. He was our other tight end. He was okay. Yes. Damn, I almost the, get it. the second you were like, man, this is a lot like the last one. I started looking. I was like, holy shit, God, it's a lot like the last one. Um, the other guys we're looking for. This is actually a super fun fact. It's crazy. Uh, Clay Matthews for linebacker and Bruce Matthews, also the offensive lineman. So oh, two okay. of the Matthews brothers on this list, Bruce Smith. Okay. Bruce Smith. Did Clay Matthews, didn't he finish his career out with the Rams or did he play after that? That's Clay Matthews jr. We're looking for his dad. Clay Matthews. Senior. Oh, got yeah. you. Okay. I was like, yeah. man, that Clay Matthews. I feel like yeah. he didn't play that long. No. Yeah. yeah. Clay Matthews senior and Bruce Matthews. Uh, Bruce Matthews was the offensive lineman we we're looking for. Yeah. Um, Never Bruce Smith and Jim Marshall were the two DNs. Um, yeah. And then uh, Daryl green at okay. corner was our other guy. Those Bruce were all the, Smith? Did he play for anyone besides the bills? Like, I don't he, did he so. stretch that career out longer than I realized? Yeah, he played from 85 to 99 in Buffalo and then 2003 in Washington, actually. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have known the Washington years. So I didn't know he played for anywhere other than Buffalo. So, yeah. Yeah, of course, kickers littering this list. Can you take a wild stab at any of the three kickers? Like Martin Anderson has got to be on here. Yeah, that's not shocking. He played for a century. Adam Vinatieri's got to be on there. Number two. Um, <laughs> Has Johnny Heckler? Is there an active guy on the list? Is Johnny Heckler on this list as like a punter? Uh, no. Okay. And they would be down here. Let's see. There is an active guy. He falls at fifty-one. He's a tight end. He's a tight end. It's not Jimmy Graham. Yeah, it's not Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Who's an old tight end at fifty-one? I have no He's, idea. Who's that? Uh, Mercedes Lewis. This played since uh, 06. That actually. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That checks out. I believe that. I'll and then. Matt Prater down at 97 is the next guy. Okay. So, but yeah, like kickers and punters, I would have struggled because yeah, I mean, there's a lot of old guys. Um, who's the Raiders kicker? God, why can't I think of his name? Um, uh, uh, Seabass. Uh, would he have been here? Uh, he is, yeah, number 19, which is funny because a spot above him is the punter he played with his whole career, Shane Leckler. Shane Leckler, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's actually nuts. From and they actually overlap their whole careers from 2000 to 2017. Leckler and Seabass. They got drafted in the same draft class. I'm pretty yep. sure. I think like one like Seabass uh, was a first round pick, and then I think they took Leckler in like the third. The or third, third. Yeah. yeah. Such a uh, what a Raiders draft class. Yeah. Hey, listen, the Patriots. I mean, there was a, several teams this year who took kickers and punters in the middle of the draft. Because I think the 49ers took a kicker and a punter back to back picks in the third and fourth the round. Third. A first round pick on a kicker is crazy. Though. And then I oh now that never happened. Like it never. never happened. Never would it happen. That GM would be fired the, immediately. 
Patriots took a kicker and a punter in their middle rounds too. So I don't think it's a terrible thing. Not in the third. No, get a, get a guy on contract, you know, like you don't have to sit there and worry about trying to pay an undrafted free agent every year. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. Cause like people like don't realize, like, I don't know. It's so weird to think about like having to worry about your kicker. Like this is the first time in my lifetime as a Patriots fan that like, We've had a rotation of kickers. Like, you're like, man, I don't know if we're going to make this one. Well, like we had Adam Vinatieri forever for a long time. And then as soon as he left, we had uh, Steven Goskowski. Goskowski came over. Yeah. yeah. Came over. True. So it's like we had two guys who played seven plus years as our kicker. You know what I mean? Like just. And we're one of, if not the best kicker in the league at the time. Yeah, top, yeah. top five kickers in the league. So like. That's how was, I feel in the last, you know, eight to 10 years now with with uh, Justin Tucker, Tucker. So yeah. And then we brought in Nick Folk and I was like, Oh, okay. And then like this year with the rookies, it's just been, I mean, they haven't missed or done anything crazy, but it's just been weird to be like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Oh, trust me. I remember the Billy Cundiff days. Don't you? Yeah. I remember the infamous yeah. wide left and in, in Gillette too, to boot. It's like, yeah, it's just crazy. Like thinking back, like, yeah, in my lifetime, there's been like, you've never had to think about years. it. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh, 55. Yeah, out there. These guys have all kicked game winners in Super Bowls. Like, whatever. This doesn't. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man. Whatever. I guess they'll be fine. Gaskowski was actually like terrible in the Super Bowls for whatever reason. Really, I didn't know that. I think he missed. Like, I think in the two or three Super Bowls he played, I think he missed a field goal in like two of them or something crazy like that. Wow. Not as good. Not as clutch as you one would think. But when it mattered, he made it. So true. We still, sure. we still. It didn't cost game. you the game at all, ever. So yeah. Well, cool. You ready to start talking uh, some headlines and stuff like that? Bring it on. Um, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of you have heard a lot of people talk about this, but I feel like this is one of those times we always talk about. We don't always want to talk about what the national media. I feel like I'm shaking my camera so much right now, eh, and it's a little just bit. My hands on my desk. Um, Everybody, just look at me instead. It's okay. Yeah, just just look on the other side of the screen. Um. <laughs> But this is one of those ones that I feel like you can't not talk about. Go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, I was, I you were my name is just covered up by how the light's hitting the, the wall, and I just wanted to see. If it... It's not. It's actually in the other corner for me. Oh, And nice. I don't think they show this. I think this is just for you and me. Uh, well, now people are confused. But it's I could okay. be wrong, but I don't think it showed up before. But now we're getting into something other off of here. But we normally don't always talk about things that everyone else is talking about, right? We try to make this show different and unique for you guys, but um, – the whole Justin Fields situation is something we just absolutely have to talk about. Um, we're obviously recording this on Thursday. Um, so the 49ers and giants are playing right now. Um, but now we're, we're more into, uh, um, the, the aftermath of this. Now it's kind of all played out, but Justin Fields, uh, made some comments talking about his coach. Um, you know, he said on Wednesday he feels like he played robotic against Tampa Bay while adding um, while adding why he thinks that's the case. And this is now I'm going to start the quote here. So begin quote. You know, it could be coaching, I think. They're doing their job, and they are giving me what to look at. But at the end of the day, I can't be thinking about when the game comes, Fields says. I feel pressured. I feel prepared myself throughout the week, and when the game comes, it's time to play free at that point, thinking less and playing more. Um Boy, is that like, I I think it's one of those situations too, where we always rail on quarterbacks for being robotic, right? Giving the generic answers time and time again. It is expected. 
Yeah, you're not a, supposed think, to be candid or controversial yeah. as a quarterback. You have to be the even keeled. Hey, we won. My teammates were great. Hey, we lost. It's my fault. That has to be. That is your job. Yeah. Um. And and so it it's it's one of those things that like I hate to hammer a guy for telling the truth, right? And I I think there's a lot of truth in what he said. I just I agree. I don't think you can say it. That's that's like definitely not thing. week not not going into week three. It's yeah, not a conversation you can have at the podium. You never say someone looks fat. Like if they ask you, does this make me look fat? You never you just never say it, whether it's the truth or not, right? Like yeah. you just are not you're not allowed to say it. And um yeah, I think I mean part of it was the way the guy worded the tweet about the article about him like biting the pin off the grenade and then throwing it inside the building. Like that was yeah. like all it's a little way, excessive. He know. didn't come out and be like, Well, if the coaches weren't so effing terrible, I'd play better. Like he said coaching and that was it. Like honestly, like yeah. he didn't even touch on him that much. He just said it might be coaching. And then so, he moved on. Yeah, like the the quote was definitely taken out of context, right? Yeah. So like I feel bad for Justin Fields. Um yeah. like it's one of those weird moments where it's like hap- like I feel bad for him because definitely what he said was taken out of context, but in the same breath, he shouldn't have said what he said. Yeah, it's, it was even with context, it's still bad. So taken out of context and partially true, but it's just you got to pick your spots for it and there's really yeah. never a spot for a quarterback to do that. Definitely not in week 3. Yeah, I was about to say the other issue is it's way too early, right? Like yeah. if it's week six or something and you're own six, like just fire away. No one cares. But like yeah. oh and two, there's still a lot of opportunity to turn the season around, right? It is by no means over. Um, you know, if it's week six, sure. Yeah, you're own six, say whatever you want. Who cares? Yeah. You're not staying, Ibraflus is not staying. Like there's just no it's just no opportunity for it. So yeah. uh, I think it's it's an interesting what you, you you have some thoughts here. Yeah, I think I think both sides are right and wrong, to be honest with you. Because I do think that that Fields is right. And I don't know if you saw what Greeny had said about it. I think he kind of hit the nail on the head from Justin's point of view, where the Bears have just not been in sync between coach, quarterback, and GM in like the last five to six years, right? They yeah. took Mitch and the coach really wasn't great, and then you know they moved on from Mitch, and I'm, then I'm going to disagree with that, but that's okay. What? I know. Are I know. you talking about Maggie or? Yeah, dude, Maggie and Trubisky made the play. They were one made field goal away from winning a playoff game together. Yeah, the double like, doink. That that, that combination wasn't as bad, I think, as people. But what now, happened? It got ugly at the end, right? Like yeah. I think, I think Mitchell Trubisky is the classic, and I think I think their careers are are somewhat mirrored, right? Mm-hmm. Of like. The coach is the first coach that they work with is flexible, right? They want to like work around their still strengths. And Matt Nagy did that with Trubisky his first year was like, Hey, you know, we're going to let you do what you do well. And the team saw success. Yeah. Check down, run the ball a lot. You know, you're going to be mobile, use your feet. Yeah. Be a game manager and, and move with your feet, right? Be a weapon out there. And as time went on, Nagy wanted him to evolve into a pocket passer, right? Like, I don't know how many times this story has to be told before we finally go, that's never worked. Like there, there hasn't been many success, like RG three, kind of the same kind of career down that path. But RG three was more injury based than I think it was. Yeah. uh, Evolution. And where they stumbled was after everything that had failed there. Right. And they move on from Trubisky. They're like, we're going to give Nagy one more shot with Justin Fields. And so now you've stunned Fields because you canned his coach after the first year and you've now brought in another guy 
And but who knows if Eberflus like if Fields is yeah. the quarterback that you know Eberflus wants in his offense going forward. So I do think there's some partial truths, right? I don't think it's it's not a news story that the Chicago Bears are not greatly ran, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. But again, we've all seen the clip. We have all seen the clip of him absolutely just missing the wide open touchdown, right? They're right down there in the red zone. He's working through his progressions and the tight end comes over the safety bites away from him. And he's got a touchdown by like 10 to 15 yards. And he just steps on the steps up into the pocket, eats a sack. And, and that's stuff that you, it's harder to pin on coaching. That's decision-making stuff. And I do think the way he worded it somewhat made sense. I don't, I definitely don't think, that he's probably had a coach in the NFL that has really instilled confidence with him, right? Like yeah. what I want for a guy like Justin Fields is what Mike McDaniel did for Tua last year. When you're you're watching him on the side, there is he just instills confidence in him. And yeah. is there a lot of times where he might throw a pick and make a mistake? Yes, but I would much rather have a quarterback be confident and make mistakes than be a robot and miss open throws because he's so worried about making mistakes. I know we've talked about Iberflus a lot. What is his background? He was a defensive guy, correct? Yeah, he was a defensive guy from what I remember, yeah. yeah that's, uh, I think that, that's always been the issue he's here. Indy's defensive coordinator, right, if I remember right, uh, last, yeah, last yeah, year? Yeah, 18 to 21. Indy's and again, coordinator. I don't know when teams are going to realize that the defensive – it's hard to justify the defensive head coach in today's day and age, right? There are obviously going to be some because there are very high-end ones that are going to work and make it work. You cannot hire a defensive head coach when you have a young, unsure quarterback. You, yeah. I need a guy that's going to come in and connect with him and bring everything I can get out of Justin Fields. Well, I mean, we've like we've seen it, right? Like, I don't think the the whole narrative that you can't win with a defensive coach, I think, is wrong. But I think with the right case scenario, I think you can have a defensive coach, right? Like, yeah. I think Brian Flores will be a head coach again in the NFL. I but think it'll work. It'll work, but he just can't have a first year, second year rookie QB. I think he has to come into a spot like I don't know. I'm trying like to make vet. one. New Orleans. Like a, New Orleans, yeah. Come in, come into a spot with a vet and and take over. You know, let somebody run that offense that's familiar with that quarterback. Kind of yeah. like what the Jets did this year, right? Like, okay, hey, the young QB is not working with the defensive coach. Let's go get a vet. Like, yeah. I think that is kind of the the path to success when it comes to that stuff. Because mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of these guys are viable head coaches in the NFL. I just think it has to be in the right the right spot. And this is the definition of the wrong spot for yeah. Eberflus and Fields. So both sides are right. Both sides are wrong. Um, and it just sucks. Like I feel bad for Justin Fields because I do think he's getting a lot of unnecessary hate. Because when you sit there and look at the background of it, you're like, have the like, you know, like oh, they brought DJ Moore in, and we talk about how important coaching is all the time. You know, yeah. he's had two coaches in four years. Um, is that right? Four years, three years, two years. He's been yeah. there. This is year three, yeah. and then so he's had two coaches. Two coaches in three years. Well, I mean, that's not a great, not a great ratio, right? So they've done well with the roster. I do like what Ryan Poles has done with the roster a lot, but I mean, I think it's just too little, too late because you can't. They're probably not going to move off Eberflus at the end of the year. And even if you do, like trying to find the right guy for Fields now seems pretty like it had to have happened this offseason, right? And it didn't. I feel like the window's kind of closed on it, unfortunately. I do think if the right team gets him in the building that he can succeed still. I think he has all the talent in the world, but I think his confidence is shot. 
especially after this week. I mean, he got railroaded. That was probably the number one story and definitely the number one play that I saw on repeat all over social media was him missing that wide open touchdown. So, I mean, he's getting railroaded a bit by the media, so I can understand, you know, the frustration. But again, man, and also like, you're like, oh, you can't say that week three. And Greeny mentioned this too. Like this kid's played three years in the NFL and we don't, we don't really know almost anything about Justin Fields' personal life. Like he is, he has been exactly what you want from a quarterback at the podium for, for two years now, you know, extremely mature in and out gives your generic answers, your team guy. And he goes out despite being absolutely hammered and having two coaches and everything and all the reason in the world to go up there and be like, what do you want from me? And, you know, he's eating it on the chin. And finally this week, you know, it, it may have gotten a little bit of the better for him or the better of him. But, you know, I, I do still think he is talented. Yeah, but. I I think people were piling on a little bit when they were talking about like how he was never going to get drafted in San Francisco. It, it, but it wasn't a match there, right? Like he could I, never throw with timing. Like that wasn't something like that's not the kind of quarterback that Kyle Shanahan is going to chase. I, I, I would have loved it. Well, here's the thing. You say that, but they mm-hmm. drafted Trey Lance. Like, right. How but much they of they a could mold Trey Lance? Trey Lance wasn't a developed QB. They thought they could develop Trey Lance in the ways they wanted. I would have rather taken just if I'm going to have to mold a guy, why not take the better of the two guys to mold? OK, you know? but I'm also under this conspiracy theory, to be very okay. clear of that. That when it came to that draft, Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones, but John Lynch wanted Trey Lance and then John Lynch won and got Trey Lance. So, yeah, like that's I mean, whether that's the truth or not, we'll never know. I agree like, with you that that's kind of what I believe happened. Right. Um, I, I 100 percent agree with you, because, again, who also has who has the power to make the move to three to go get Lance? Yeah. John Lynch, Lynch. did. You know, yeah. like, there's no way Shanahan wanted to go up to three to get Jones. And I think we're starting to see the turn of like. Shanahan's probably going to have a little bit more of a say of like, okay, Brock Purdy's the guy we're going to pay him. You know what I mean? Like, I I think you're going to see a little bit more of that. I don't think they're going to be as, you know, rushed when it comes to that. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have more input when it comes to, you know, the groceries. As he should. Like John Lynch is a damn good GM, but when you have a head coach that's that's talented, he should be somewhere in the process, should be a heavy part of it. I mean, you're just, a top coach you know like who do you want on the field you know so, so i i'm i'm just saying i don't know if the justin field situation works out any better in like a place like san francisco but i think there's a lot of places that it could have worked out way 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 better than it way did, way you know? way better yeah 100 better definitely a lot of places it could have ended better i think it would have worked out in san Fran just because of the or- like i think shanahan and lynch would have been like let's we're gonna make it work you know we're gonna go all in on this style of play yeah yeah they've made it work with pick 255 you know so yeah. <laughs> but but i think maybe the maybe san francisco's the bad example but um i think more of the jets like i think if he's on the jets i still think they'd probably trade for aaron Rodgers at this point right i don't think robert Sala is changing his trajectory of how good his career is um no, no. so it's all about where you're drafted. It really, it, it really, it, really makes a world of difference and how much that team commits to your style of play, right? Like the Ravens did the best I think I've ever seen. Like no they're the mo- close. Yeah, like they've had the most success in, in recent history. I think what's I'd say since Cam Newton with a rushing quarterback because they were able to go all in and kind of build yeah. a system around that QB strength. To to stylistically go from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, 
is the only reason Lamar worked is because of what Baltimore did, right? Yeah. If if you stick Lamar Jackson in Justin Fields' shoes, same draft class, same draft spot to Chicago, same coaching issues they had, I don't know if it works, right? He's a more talented quarterback than Justin Fields. And that's my that's my favorite. Everyone's like, oh, what if the Bears drafted Patrick Mahomes at two instead of Mitch Trubisky? And I'm like, I think his talent would have shown through it in the end because I do think Patrick Mahomes is that talented. But we have no idea. It's probably – it definitely wouldn't have been as good. I can tell you that he wouldn't have two Super Bowl rings by now because he'd be playing in Chicago. That team is yeah. – that team outside of him is not good enough to win a Super Bowl. So the, where you get drafted – Heavily, heavily, heavily affects where you go. I don't think it 100% decides because I do think a guy like Johnny Manziel was just destined to fail. I think his, yeah, yeah, he was, he didn't have the mentors and he just wasn't ready adult wise. He had a lot of other things going on right off the field. I think he would have failed no matter where he went. Um, especially like Cleveland just accelerated the process, right? Like, he was going to be a long shot to be successful, and they were like, well, we're just going to accelerate this process and send you to the absolute dumpster fire team of the Cleveland yeah. Browns to boot. You know? so. All right, let's jump into the next thing here. Um, let's talk about the Trayvon Diggs and kind of what that means for Dallas. Um, yeah. I think the, the Trayvon Diggs ride has been one that we've kind of ridden um, – on opposite ends, right? I think his rookie year when he was having all that success, I think we were maybe on the lower end on oh, him. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then I think last year we both kind of were like, okay, I like this guy a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think last year we started to shape and see him as, as a true number one corner. Um, I think he got way, way, way better with way uh, better. I was going to say Dan Campbell, but that's just wrong. Um, <laughs> Dan Quinn. Whom, Dan Quinn. Thank you. I knew it was so close. I was like, that's incorrect. But with Dan Quinn, um, I think this is, this is a big loss, right? Um, I think to lose your number one corner on, on honestly, what the best part of the Dallas Cowboys team is, is their defense, right? Like that's what makes them who they are. It's not, it's, it is the best part of that team. They they have the number one defense in the NFL right now. So they've allowed, they've allowed 10 points in two weeks and they play the Cardinals this week. So So they're going to have some interesting, excuse me, challenges going forward with the cornerback position because I think Gilmore has shown he is past his prime. Um, and he's not terrible, maybe, but definitely nowhere near as good as he was. He's okay. I just I don't know if I'd like. I love him. I didn't really love him in the spot he's in, and now he's going to have to play a bigger role, and I don't yeah. love that anymore. Yeah. Um, so. I feel bad. It's terrible. You like, we don't root for these injuries. We're going to talk a lot about injuries today, but yeah, yeah, you never want something like this to happen, even to Cowboys fans. But yeah, um, I was kind of excited to see what the Cowboys could be about, but now I feel like they have a bailout of, Oh, we didn't have a number one corner. So, yeah. And I hope that they can just rally and, and keep, cause they've played super well and yeah, you know, I think they should be able to keep the momentum rolling, but there's no doubt that it's a large loss. But also, any Cowboys fans that are trying to hang it up after this injury, let's relax a bit, all right? I yeah. get it, yes. They're still a playoff team, for yes, sure. Yes, it's going to hurt. Yes, you're going to feel it in the long run. Yes, you're going to miss him come playoff time, especially, right, when you get into those high-powered shootouts and you need to stop, you're going to miss him. But this does not take – you know, this is not like a four-win flip for them, right? They don't go from 12 wins to eight wins off this, right? It is a – is a one or two game stretch probably unless they let it be a four game thing. Right. I mean, if you get in your head about it, yeah, you're going to start to lose a ton of games. 
you know, if Michael Parsons is sitting there screaming at whoever they have lined up next to Gilmore every time and they let it become a problem, yeah, it's going to ruin your season. Um, and honestly, I think it might happen because it's kind of Dallas's Dallas's MO is the, the worst enemy of the Dallas Cowboys is the Dallas Cowboys at the end of the day. Um, yeah, true. So, I mean, if they could just ra- – I think they'll be okay. Obviously a loss, but – it's not like, you know, now if I think, you know, if Micah goes down instead of Trayvon, we're having a completely different conversation right now. That one might be a three or four game spread, you know, flip. But yes, it's going to hurt, but there's no need to panic, right? It's a talented unit with a great yeah. defensive coordinator to boot. Yeah, I don't, they were never going to lose because of the defense. They're going to lose because of Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Um, but we're going to talk more about Mike McCarthy. So I don't want to dive into Mike McCarthy here. Um, My favorite. What? Uh, did I put it on there? No, I didn't, but we will talk about it. Anyway. As long as we have time, we'll talk about it. Um, I had a really, I had a really interesting, I'm gonna start speed running. <laughs> I gotta get to this. I gotta talk about my favorite guy. I have a really, uh, it, it'll be on the end of pump the brakes. I just don't know why I didn't write it down, but okay. I think I didn't write it down because I wanted to kind of surprise you. Surprise with this me one. With it? Hey, I'm excited. <laughs> it works. But it's, it's going to kind of, the, the comparison's going to scare you a little bit. Um, Okay, let's talk about the running back position for a little bit here. Um, it's just been a brutal season for running backs. Um, Saquon Barkley is going to miss anywhere from, I think, like three to four games. They're saying he might play this week, but everything I've read, it seems like he's going to at least be out like two to three weeks, something like yep. that, maybe two to four. Um, Nick Chubb going down uh, with a season out for the year. Um JK out for the year. Okay. I can't, I get all the Ravens running backs confused whether yep. it's JK Gus Edwards or Lamar. Yeah. Um, all your running backs are just the same. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, JK Dobbins out yeah. for the year, right? We've seen nothing but, but injuries from this. So I don't want to talk about the injuries at running back position, but I want to talk about kind of the fix for it going forward. Um, I have a really interesting proposal. I, I genuinely, I think the Christian McCaffrey, James White style, like not to compare those guys as the one, one, but um, that, that play style of running back, I honestly think is going to be the future guys like Jamar Gibbs, Travis Etienne, um, Austin Eckler. Yeah. Austin Eckler. Oh, Eckler. Yeah. Eckler a little bit. Um, He's a a damn good receiving back. He's a, he's a good receiving back. He can't play like the only reason I didn't want to put him right there was because ETN and Gibbs, you could probably play in the slot. Okay. I see. I don't know. You probably could play Eckler in the slot, but maybe, I mean, I put him up there because he does. He has had like, eight or nine yeah. receiving yards. The last and two and he, years. yeah, he definitely deserves to be in the conversation of the kind of running back that I would personally pay. Right. I see what you're saying though. The, 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 the hybrid guys that you're going to be able to play at multiple spots. Yeah. Um, like you, you're going to see a lot more of the four wide receiver, one running back, and then, you know, probably go to a five wide receiver set and keep that running back in, but he's going to play wide receiver more. Yeah, right. So outside, like, so you can motion him in to come back and play as running back. You can motion him out to play as wide receiver. It's kind of um, sick. I think, I think that's going to be the future of the position. And I think we're going to see a shift in that. Um, it's going to take a while because college football is far behind that. You don't see a ton of running backs playing that style. College football is still very, your classic ground and pound ground type and pound, thing. Yeah. But I think the next wave, the next generation of running backs that we're we're already starting to see as rookies, right? You're going to have to be a great pass catcher if you want to see a second contract. Because to be honest with you, those guys don't get hurt as much. Yeah, unless you're Derrick Henry. 
You're not. It's just it's not a sustainable place, though. And, and I honestly, we weren't going to see anything like Derrick Henry. Nick Chubb was going to be the closest thing that we were going to see. And now with that injury, I think it, it might be the cap or the nail in the coffin when it kind of comes to that style of running back. Right. Yeah. The Superman doesn't exist anymore. Uh, kind of fallacy when it comes to that. Yeah, I'm I'm worried. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I, I haven't heard what the full report of like what Nick Chubb, like what the injury is. Obviously, we know he's out for the year. But that's the same knee that he blew out in Georgia. At, I think in it was a torn ACL. Was it just a torn ACL? I want to say it was potentially something. Because I don't know. I don't know if you remember the one in 2015, but he blew out his ACL, his MCL, and his PCL in 2015 in Georgia. So honestly, the yeah. fact that he's had this good of a career looking back on that injury is insanity. But the fact that this is going to be the same knee again, it worries me. Like, I mean, that's that's some scary stuff. Two ACL tears in the same knee is is one thing. But, like, he has a chance to, like, have multiple of the same ligaments torn two separate times in the same knee. You know, like, that's – going to be something that's going to be very tough to bounce back from i think but uh, i don't i don't think it says exactly is what i'm reading here what if you just give we're signing running backs to contracts right maybe start getting a little bit more money if you play 15 games 15 to 17 fully guaranteed something like that get hit a certain game cap and all of a sudden we're up right and well actually not even play that you're healthy for, right? If they healthy scratch you because they're trying to save money, that doesn't count. If you're healthy yeah. and active, more money, right? I think something maybe along those lines. Now, I think it gets a little chippy because at that point, you know, like you're just paying him based off injury, you know, like it's not a guy's fault if he gets hurt. And I understand that part of it, but yeah, I think it's better than what we have now. I can tell I you think, that much. I, you know? I think like, we have to shorten the rookie running back contract i think 100 so that's I think the you, i think that's the start of this yeah i think if you play play that position at like the most you can get is three years if you're a first rounder and then two years if you're anything two else. years if you're anything else yeah and then gives these guys a chance to go back to the table but the question is how does that affect i'm curious to see how that affects the draft stock right do you see more running backs in the first because they want the extra year or do you see no i don't think it'll change i think guys like Bijan and jameer gibbs you'll see more of a push to like, uh, we want that extra year with, but I think anyone else who falls outside of that cat, like, I don't think like a guy like uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire goes in the first anymore. Yeah, I would agree. He shouldn't have went in the first when he did anyways. Sony uh, Michelle won't be a first round pick. Um, so my question is like, you're talking about that next evolution, the next generation of running backs and that style of play. Do you mm-hmm. feel like when that becomes the norm, are running backs now regularly drafted in the first round again? Obviously, we may not see, you know, yeah, at two, I, three, four, but like, are we going to see one or two every single year as long as it's that style of back? I think, I think once you see it more as the weapon, right? Like, we saw two guys this year, the two guys who were drafted in the first rounds, I would consider them better weapons than running backs, right? Like, or, yeah. or lean towards that You're, conversation of weapons over running backs. Sell them short to call them running backs. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like you're, you're not selling you're not the skill set short there. Yeah, they, they have the capability of doing a lot and being a lot of a, a threat for your team. I didn't love ETN that much. And honestly, now that I've seen him more out of out of college and more in the pro game, like the way that they use him is like perfect, right? Like they're going to draft Tank Dell and Tank Dell, it, not Tank Dell, um, Tank Bigsby's, you know what I mean? They're going to have always have a guy behind him who's going to do 
the third and one, the goal line carries, situations like that. But ETN is going to get 70% of the snaps, you know? The guys that ruin his fantasy value. That's who they're that's yeah. that's the thing that sucks about fantasy going forward is like, all right, here's your workhorse guy, and here's the guy who's gonna get the goal line work. And it's like, well Yeah, shit. that's not, <laughs> not what I was really hoping for. But yeah, like that yeah. I think the reality of the situation, right? Is I think you're gonna see these guys have to be more utilized. And I think you're gonna see more split backfields, right? Like I think yeah. you're gonna see situations where you know, you're maybe one guy's getting sixty percent of the carries, the other guy's getting the forty percent though. We're already seeing that. And I don't I don't think that's a terrible system. I think you are doing yourself a disservice if you do not have a reliable second guy. And it doesn't have to be AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones every time, you know, yeah. but like it's gotta be, you know, somebody decent. I just think the issue with the running back position is the explosive athletes are gonna play wide receiver more because there's more money in it, there's more volume in it, there's more playing time. Yep. So like eventually the like it's gonna be a little bit of a cycle where we're gonna see a downtick in quality running backs coming to the NFL. Um and I think it's gonna have to there's gonna be somewhat of a correction in it. Otherwise you're not gonna be able to get those guys coming in and out. So yeah. Um Cool. That's all I wanted to talk about there. Um, now I wanted to, to kind of pick up on a subject that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, who should be buyers for Jonathan Taylor at this this point of the season, right? It's easy and fun to talk about it in the offseason and go, oh, this team should definitely be a buyer or this team. Now that we've, we're two weeks in, who do you see really needing to, to go after and try to get a trade for Jonathan Taylor? It's a great question because um, the price tag is obviously still going to be pretty decently high. Um, I imagine it ends up being like a second is, is really like, I yeah. think it's going to be the McCaffrey trade that we saw last year where it was yeah. like, wasn't it like a second a and second, like, fourth and a six or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be mad to see Baltimore make that phone call. I won't, I, you know, I, I at least want to look at, especially after like JK healthy. No JK down for the year, make the call, you know, see what the price is, right. See, see what we could get figured out. Um, because I don't, I don't think that's a bad team to you know to go after it. The issue that you have here is again, who's going to want to pay him the money, right? So it yeah. ticks down a lot of your Super Bowl contenders at that point because nobody's going to want to sit there and fork over the money to to go get him. Money out of the question. Uh, the Vikings are another team that comes to mind. I know they just traded for Cam Akers, but yeah, who cares? Um, also. Taking a, I I don't want to take a victory lap on a guy not being good, but like Alexander Madison is not as good as every fantasy manager says he was, and I would like to take a victory lap on that part because I always thought that that was asinine that people thought that he could just step in and be Dalvin Cook just because he looks like him does not mean he's going to play like him. Um, Vikings come to mind. I would not mind Baltimore making that call. Um, man, I'm trying to think. Um, you're you're thinking they're probably going to want to send him across the NFC. They're not going to want to see him a ton. Yeah, I, um, I have a I have a thing a really interesting team for you here. Bring it. I think the Rams should make that trade. That's a that's an interesting one. You're not wrong. Uh, I think they have. I mean, I mean, we'll talk about them a little bit later. But I think they have kind of met um, beyond those expectations. I'm trying to look up what Jonathan Taylor's cap hit is this year. It's five point one. Because it can't be super high. Yeah, but I don't know how much of that the Colts would have to eat. Yeah, like I like if they traded him, I'm not sure what that would be. Oh, uh, it'd be four point three if they traded him. Oh, that's pre six one though. So 
Oh, yeah. So they'd eat probably a majority of that, actually. Yeah. So the money this year, not that big of a factor in the yeah. long run. Yeah. They would eat 800,000 of it. So you'd have 4.3 on the book. So I don't even think it's possible for the Rams to make that trade. Um, I guess it's not possible for the Bills or the Ravens either, but I'm sure they could find a way to to free up that space. Yeah, it's one of those trades where like we're gonna make the room. <laughs> like yeah. we'll we'll find the room. But yeah, I think the Rams are an interesting team to kind of watch on that list. I think that could be a rather intriguing situation. I don't think the Browns will go after him. Uh, I think with Jerome Ford and now having re-signing Kareem Hunt, I just don't think it makes a ton of sense for that team to wanna to wanna bring somebody in. It's just for um, a one year, because like Chubb Chubb should be back. As much as yeah. I'm worried about him not, like you don't bring in JT when you have Nick Chubb on your team. Um, yeah, the only other team that I found somewhat interesting that I thought would be would kind of make some sense uh, would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you do a Joe Mixon flip, maybe. Yeah, like send Joe Mixon back. Mixon in a off third. Of, yeah, Mixon in like a third or something. Yeah, maybe Mixon in a second, and then you bring in Jonathan Taylor. You get a little bit younger. It'd be um, hard to beat that offer. You know what I mean? Like, And I think that would give the Colts a good, better feeling about what their running back position will look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least for this season, maybe next season um, with Mixon there. And for the Bengals, it's a good upgrade. You know what I mean? And it helped take some of the stress off of uh, – Joe Burrow's shoulders. Yeah, and with with the guys you currently have, I don't think it makes sense. But given the relationship between the two franchises and your incessant love to rely on the run game, I don't think New England's a crazy spot. I do think it's crazy to see them make – I just – they're not a team that makes that move, even if there is a necessity for it. They're just not a team that goes out after it. If you said the asking price was going to be cheaper – like I would say maybe, but the Patriots have been more pass heavy this year than I think I've seen them. True, um, yeah. It's just not typically like that. Jonathan Taylor's not the kind of running back that Bill O'Brien's going to be like, Oh my God, I have to have that kind of running back. Sitting here, just trying to cycle through teams like Seattle somewhat comes to mind, but Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet kind of boxed yeah, that one out. I, um, I think they're, I think they're out. So I think, I think that's a good list of teams that would think about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't think the I think the Vikings would be out, especially after adding Cam Akers. I think Detroit, if they don't take Gibbs, is like the perfect spot for me. That like, that that would be a great fit. No Gibbs, sure. you stack David Montgomery and and JT together. That's yeah, a that's I like a good that one, one. two punch yeah. for them. But yeah, I think and honestly, we're just that, talking about him being a weapon. Bring him in anyway. Like if the price gets low enough, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I don't think that'll. I don't think it'll. It won't. Low. It won't. But uh, I tell you that we've. Uh, well, a former coworker for you, current coworker for me, that would lose his effing mind if it happened. So, yeah. never know. Um, cool, cool beans. We're on. Uh, we're actually on decent pacing today. Look at us keeping yeah. it together after a long trivia, too. Yeah, after a long trivia to pull back in. So we're gonna jump into pump the brakes here. I will not forget my bonus to pump the brakes. We should have plenty of time for it, but I I wrote a few less because I want to talk about them a little bit more. I. Might, I yeah, I, I think you picked quantity over or quality over quantity, and I think you yeah. succeeded very well. So, so I I think we should like talk about them a little bit more. Um, okay. I don't know, I didn't know how to word this one, but I I still like the way this is worded. Okay, Baker Mayfield will make the Buccaneers a playoff team. Man, they're two and zero. Uh, they have beaten who they beat? They beat the Vikings last week, mm-hmm. and didn't they beat somebody pretty legit the week before too? I thought it was the Vikings week one and the Bears week two, 
right? I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. Um, yep. Man. Oh, I'm I'm ready to be hurt again. Oh, I'm not going to pump the brakes. I'll, I'll put my faith in Baker Mayfield and probably get punched in the mouth again. But I, so this is like the interesting thing with the Baker Mayfield conundrum, right? Like you, everyone saw, I don't know if you saw the meme cycle going around where it's like Baker Mayfield wins us back over. He plays really well for four weeks. Everything falls <laughs> apart. He blames his head coach. And it's like, <laughs> you are here in the cycle. I saw yeah. that where it's like, we're in the, we're really in the promising. Well. We're in yeah, the building the, confidence here. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Like they have, I mean, them starting off two and O is, is slightly building confidence in me, but they have a really easy stretch of their schedule kind of after, I don't know what week that is, but, um, really like realistically hard teams. They have, they have the Eagles this week. Um, that'll be a really tough game. They have the saints, which I mean, depending like one of those teams is real. One of those teams isn't right. And I think the saints to me, at two and zero, have been a little bit more. There isn't as much substance there, is what I'll say. With yeah. it, barely beating Carolina, um, and then barely beating Tennessee. Barely beating Tennessee, they held on to a thread both those games. We always say it ends up going 50-50 in those one score games. Go ahead. Their 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 defense is what makes that there, and Tampa Bay's defense is well enough talented too. They're just not they're not playing well enough right now. Whereas New Orleans, it took Tom Brady three years to beat the saints in a Buccaneers Jersey for a reason, right? They had, they, they planned it well, you know, they didn't have a lot of success in those years outside of being one and or five and one against Tom Brady, but that's still something to hang your hat on as a defense, right? So I find it hard to believe that they're not going to, you know, handle Baker Mayfield, but they've just been squeaking wins back in, you know, the last two weeks. So, so, I'm just going to jump into the last seven games of the season for them. They are at the Colts. They they have the Panthers at home. They are at the Falcons, at the Packers, have the Jaguars at home, have the Saints at home, and then they're at the Panthers, right? Like that's a seven-game stretch that, I mean, at this rate, they could go five and two, six and one in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're already talking eight wins right there. Yeah. Um, the only thing I don't like is how many division games they have late there. Because I think that's the route for them to the playoffs. I don't really see them being a wild card team. Yeah. I think they scrape that division with nine or ten wins. That's their road, not eleven wins in a wild card team. You know, so yeah, we both had this division close, and we talked a lot about how it was close for like all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Now looking back at it, it, it could be a little bit more competitive than we both thought you had him going six and 11 and we both kind of said like somewhere in that ballpark, you know what I mean? Maybe win two or three more games here or there, but like they, they might very well be a 10. They're a third team. of the way there. They're, yeah, they, they could be a 10. They're 20% of the way to being a 10 win team. Yeah. I mean, and they've got a lot of winnable games. Like the fact that you play the Colts twice still that's, that's in your favor right there. Yeah. Like the Colts, I mean, the Colts have played well, but, who knows if Anthony Richards, like if he is getting, has a second concussion, they might shut him down for the year, right? Like they're not yeah. playing for anything. So yeah. Yeah. Um, or they don't have the Colts twice. Sorry. The fact that they have the Panthers twice, Panthers twice, so. Panthers don't look good at all, but they do have the Colts still. They have the Texans still. They have a lot of games where they have the AFC South. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a plus outside of the Jags really. So it'll, it'll yeah, be interesting. Are you are you you so you're ready to get heartbroken again and yeah I am Baker Mayfield in the I'm first half of the season. I've had faith in him since 2018. I will always remember 
draft day and like being on the radio with my two buddies that we were doing the show with at the time. And Donald was the guy, Donald was the guy, Donald was the guy. And I said, I liked Baker. I was like, I just, the accuracy, the confidence. I liked it. I liked him from day one. And I remember we were at a Royals game, like for a school trip and getting drafted number one. I, I don't, people were watching a White Sox Royals game on like a Tuesday night or Thursday night. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this guy yelling about? I was like, Baker Mayfield, motherfucker, number one overall. So, yeah, I am ready to get hurt again. Um, and it's probably going to happen, but, you know, I'm perfectly okay with it, you know. So, yeah. I'm accepting it, the fact beforehand. Yeah, it is It is pretty wild. Like, I, I wanted to like Baker Mayfield. Again, we talked about having a coach that believes in you. I always thought the Cleveland gave up, like, he he took him to the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like I will always think they gave up on him way too early. And the the here's here's a comparison I think you'll really really like. I think Baker Mayfield is Derek Carr, but he talks too much. Um, I think they're in this range of like sixteen to they could be anywhere from sixteen to eight. They could be a top eight quarterback on their very best season, right? Yeah, Derek, Carr like Derek Carr's MVP season was probably yeah, a, was- even a maybe even a top six guy. Top six guy, right? And like Baker Mayfield, the year he made his playoffs, everyone was like, oh, he's a top 10 guy. Top like, 10 guy, 100%. No doubt. But like their low end is more middle of the pack is the problem. Yep. And I think the difference is, is Derek Carr is the team guy, right? And everybody loves Derek Carr and like, yeah. oh, he's the kind of guy I'd want to have. That's the guy the I want to play for. Yep. Yeah, right. And then Baker Mayfield talks trash and he's great with the media and does 35 commercials. And he, I think ultimately that's what's made him cycle around so much. You, and I think, I think players, I, I do think guys want to play for Baker Mayfield. Guys want to play for Baker Mayfield when they're on the field, whereas off the field, they're like, shut up versus the opposite Derek Carr. Like yeah. they kind of want to go for it all the time. But like, you remember the clip, like Baker running through that corner and everything like that is as a, as an offensive line, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to destroy this defensive tackle across yeah. from the next play because that I'm fired up right now, right? So I think he has his moments, but I do think you're right. I think that's a great comparison. I think he – so he's in this interesting thing. Where I think he is a league starter. Like I genuinely think he has a really good chance to just continue to start for a long time. And I think he's going to kind of be Ryan Fitzpatrick in a lot of ways where he's going to trick teams. He's going to have a one really great season and they're going to sign him to like a two or three year yeah. deal. Yeah. And then they're going to get the year into year two of that deal. Cut him, trade him, do something. Cut him. And then, he's a backup somewhere. Takes the job Four good games. Like the, meat yeah, exactly. Just like it's, said. It, it's just going to keep cycling. So, um, I mean, maybe he finds his long term home, but I, I've been thorough. I've been impressed more impressed than I thought I would be. That division was tough for me to pick. I, I had a lot. I believed a lot in the, um, in the Buccaneers and Baker is making me go, man, did I make a mistake picking the Falcons? I'm still, still riding with that pick, but it's definitely, definitely more interesting for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Um, let's, let's jump into this one. Brandon Staley won't last the whole season as the head coach of the chargers. Oh, this is a good one. This is, um, I'm going to pump the brakes. I think he'll make it the whole year. Um, it's going to have to be like drastically bad for them to can him in the middle of the year. I don't like him getting all upset when somebody brought up the Jags game at the podium. I think if I'm going to ask my quarterback to be composed, I need my head coach to be composed, man. Here's the situation. You blew a really bad playoff game, man. We're going to talk about it. Like 
It doesn't matter that it's last year. I understand you don't want to talk about it, right? It's embarrassing. It was your fault, but that's why we're talking about it. Because your team's 0-2 with – and that was, uh, my, that was one of my favorite tweets I saw this week. Uh, it was just Justin Herbert in hypothetical situations. It was just a picture of Tom Brady, like, hype on the sidelines. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it is – it's true. Like, we were seeing we were like, well, if uh, Justin Herbert had this or Justin Herbert in this situation, he's his top three guy, right? We always talk about how hypothetically good Justin Herbert is. And he is good on the field. The issue is the Chargers are 0-2. The other thing is, I saw, I don't even, I see him all the time. I think it's ESPN. I saw a TikTok of it. Um, He was talking about like this week being like an elimination game for the Chargers. They're like, if they start 0-3, man, kiss the season goodbye. And I was like, what are, what are we talking about? It's, like, it's actually more than you probably would think it is. I do no. think there's a little bit to it, but to say a team is eliminated from the playoffs. And, now the Bears go 0-3 this weekend. Yeah, they're probably eliminated from the playoffs. This is the effing charters we're talking about right now, you know. But yeah. I want to I want to look up what it is. I I think it's Yeah, okay. So the 1992 San Diego Chargers remain the only 0 and 4 team to ever make the playoffs. Yeah. So like I I wouldn't say 0 and 3 is the nail in the coffin, but I think 0 and 4 is you're not you're out. Like there's been Might one be the... team in the history of the NFL who's done it. That's fair. Yeah, I can uh I can see that. Who do they play week four? That's the question. Who are the who are the Chargers got on the docket for week four? If they lose this weekend, who's the team that's gonna send them home in week four? The Chargers have oh my the Raiders God, being so slow. Vikings and Raiders. So, so yeah, those I mean, the t- and the Vikings are in a very similar spot where Kirk Cousins is playing well, but the team is losing. Are they they're owned two as well, aren't they? They it's are, like they, yeah. they're both walking into this week thinking like they need a win bad. Here's the bad news for Chargers fans, right? Say you rebound, right? Two and two, right? We beat the Raiders. We beat the Vikings. Uh, bad news. You have uh, Dallas and Kansas City after that. So, yeah. But then you go to Chicago. So, you know, it's like it's not all bad. But, like, solid chance that this team might be two and four after week six. Like, it is possible at this road. You know. All right, so you ready for the stats on this matchup? And we'll get back into the actual subject of this conversation in a minute, but it's okay to, to have tangents on this one. So Kirk Cousins is second in the NFL with passing yards right now. He is at 708, so he's averaging about 354 a game. Justin Herbert has 534, so he's averaging like 267. Uh, Kirk Cousins is the touchdown passing leader in the NFL at the moment uh, with six. He's tied for first with Jordan Love. Wow. And then... Uh, just crazy other is, is ninth. So yeah, I know I wouldn't have expected Jordan love there. So, um, now obviously stats don't tell the whole story here. I think Kurt is playing better than the team is. And I think Justin Herbert is playing better than his team is. So that's the norm for him. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Kurt cousins just, I don't know. It's, it's always Kirk. so weird. Oh, for that's, Justin. Herbert. That's the normal yeah. for Herbert. Yeah. For Kirk, this is the influx. He's not used to this part of it, but, um, so let's let's get back to the point on hand here of Brandon Staley. I don't think will last the whole season because I think the replacements in house. Ah, uh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. That's a really yeah. good point. Again, I think they, I, they the Stanos family brought in Kellen Mond, and it wouldn't be again this conspiracy theory. No, no fact check here. Go ahead, Kellen Moore. Continue. Kellen Moore. Why did I say Kellen? What is going on with me in names? Dan Campbell's the defensive coordinator <laughs> for the Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. I'm making whoever I want to. <laughs> It's easy. 
Guess what, Kellerman? You just got cut from the Browns, and now you're the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Congrats on your promotion, sucker. Um, That's funny. Jeez, the weesh. But, yeah, point being here is um, I think they brought him in with the mindset of, hey, this is probably going to be our next head coach. Um, oh, 100%. That's what and, your mindset should be. And And no fact here, but this might have been one of those offensive coordinator hires that the head coach had no say. They're like, "Hey, this is your new offense quarter uh, coordinator. Congratulations!" And he was yeah. just like, "That's not my guy. We we I thought I was gonna have a say." And they're like, "Nope, nope. This nope. is it. This is it. Yep. There you go." Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly so, because what what I, else do you make that move for, right? Well, and and I think it's it, here's the other thing I think is really interesting about it. Let's say they're four and four at week eight, right? You fire Brandon Staley, and then you just name. Uh, Kellen Moore, I almost did, I almost did Mond again. Jeez. <laughs> you make Kellen Moore the interim coach, you get eight weeks of a job interview for him. True. How good can you be? You know, you've got Great the team. On. You know what the weaknesses, you know what the strengths are. It's like, not impossible for you to make the playoffs of four and four. You're, you still, yeah, like <laughs> the team's competitive. They win, you know, they go five and four in their last, or they go, you know, six and three, something like that in the last nine games. I think it's a really, I think it's really interesting. I, think, not, I think, I didn't think about that. Like, I think it could be a situation where you you get a free interview. I mean, I'm all for it. I mean, he's my second least favorite head coach in the league. And he he is very close to being one. Like, McCarthy. Who's one? McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Staley should be one on that list. I would say Staley's probably one. Like, I think he should have lost his job after the the Jags game last year. Because, again, we talk about that all the time. Like, you have a window – to win a Super Bowl. And when you have a young, talented quarterback this like this, you cannot waste years on being cordial and not firing a guy too early. Hey, man, the point is to win football games. And this head coach does not help me accomplish that goal. Get him the fuck out. I don't care if it's early. I don't care whatever. The point is to win football games. Not only are you not attributing to that fact, you are a detriment to that, to that goal right now. Get out. They're also... One of the only two teams, I believe, in NFL history to have the number one offense and the number one defense in the league and miss the playoffs because of how awful their special teams unit is and how awful their clock management was two years ago in 2021. So he threw for Justin Herbert threw for 5,000 yards in a sophomore campaign, had the best offense in the game statistically, and he had the best defense to back it, and they still missed the playoffs. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's why Anthony Lynn was fired. But again, there's so many parallels now that I'm sitting here thinking about it between McCarthy and Staley of, Hey man, uh, we fired this guy because we didn't like these two things about him. Here's your new head coach. He does the exact same effing thing that we fired the last guy for. He can't manage the clock and he can't figure out how to put a decent special teams unit together. Same thing with McCarthy and Dallas. Hey, we have a boring offense and we can't get you to elevate our quarterback to the next level. Hey, here's a guy who just got canned for having a boring offense and not being able to win more than one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, you know. So, yeah. but I don't want to die too much. We're going to yeah. come back around to him. Don't so. don't stop talking about McCarthy. God, you're stealing my thunder here. All right, we're back. Little technical difficulties there. Not went wrong. Um, so this podcast might now be your own we've been talking like it's been video this whole time very well yeah. could be could be either or at this point um but i think our, our point stands earlier on uh brandon staley and uh kellen moore didn't say kellen mon this time so kellen Look at moore, you. 
Okay. I'm gonna it actually wasn't technical difficulties. Tim was just trying to make sure that he could say more and not mod the whole time. Right, yeah, yeah. It was, we're trying to re-edit it. It's just been a mess. So I don't know. We, it's. I will say, like the hardest part about this thing is like all the technical difficulties you run in. Like once you get over that and like do editing and stuff, that's not the hard part. It's just fucking yeah. trying to record this remotely has been a bigger challenge than I would expect. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay. For this last headline, I'm gonna provide some context to it. Okay. But we we dump on Mike McCarthy a lot on this podcast. Oh, okay? we. I. Yeah, you me. dump on Mike McCarthy. I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Here's here's my pump the brakes for you. Sean Payton is Mike McCarthy. Ooh. So, let me let me read Oh, you fuck off. you. Okay. okay. Firstly, <laughs> God damn it, I hate you. <laughs> Continue. You ready? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. In the regular season, Mike McCarthy's record is 155 and 97 losses. Sean Payton in the regular season is 152 and 91 losses. So we're within six games of each other there in the postseason. Mike McCarthy is 11 and 10. So about a 500 record there. And Sean Payton is nine and eight in the postseason. Um, both had elite quarterbacks for a long time, was only able to take that elite quarterback to one Super Bowl. Okay. Did Green Bay make two and lose one? Green Bay, you're right. Green Bay made two, Still, won one. They both yeah. have one ring one, to show. One for ring it. to show for it. Yeah. Who did they lose to in that Super Bowl? Now you got me questioning that. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh for their one. Um, I don't know. Did they, did they lose another one? I don't know. Besides the point, um, I'll look at that. You keep talking. Yeah. So, very similar records. Um, you know, when it comes to the regular season. Both have not had a ton of success outside of their uh, of their like Hall of Fame first ballot quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Um, that's where we've both seen seen. I don't know if I'd say McCarthy has struggled because I don't think that's necessarily fair. Um, but I think you know, obviously, towards the end of New Orleans, it wasn't kind of what we expected to see out of Sean Payton anymore. Um, we're two weeks in to the Denver Broncos experience. Um, so it might be a little early to kind of jump down, but did they lose? Did they? No, no. Yeah. They just, yeah. The last one they went to before that was far of a 98. So yeah, they were both one and one in super did this. Maybe, one and oh. Yeah. That's what I thought. What? Did the saints beat the Colts for theirs, right? They beat the Colts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. They beat the Colts. So, uh, Sean Payton's 0-2 in Denver, um, so he, he has not been able to magically fix Russell Wilson kind of like everyone hoped he would be able to. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, tell me how they're not the same guy. I mean, when you sit down and look at the numbers of it, I, I do think there's an eye test factor to it. Um, and I think, like... That's an interesting argument coming from right now. Uh, Dallas Cowboys look like maybe one of the most dominant teams in the league, and the Denver Broncos look like one of the worst. I will agree with you on that point and counter with what did we say was the reason that Dallas is succeeding and what why they should succeed is the defense going forward, True. right? So so there is a hair there. I You're not wrong. And I actually, now that you sit here and say this, I think Caitlin's dad told me this because I remember we were talking about it and he's a Cowboys fan and I was sharing how much I can't stand you know, Mike McCarthy in Dallas and everything. And he was talking about how he wanted Sean Payton. He was like, he found an article and he was like, wait, they're actually just the same guy. Um, it's, I, I'm a little stumped. I won't lie to you. Um, 
It's interesting because I, I raved about the Sean Payton hiring in Denver, right? We both yeah. did. We said, oh, this is the, if there is a fix, this is the fix. This is it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and every team is dumb for not trying, you know, like we, I sat here and said that Dallas was dumb for not moving off McCarthy to go get him. And, you know, you're sitting here looking at it and you're like, career statistics are the same, you know, the number wise and everything. Um, there's really not much, you know, without sitting here and really just trying to nitpick it and be like, well, this I mean, year the defense was ranked 16th instead of yeah, McCarthy's I mean, was 10th. And it's, I will say like Sean Payton did have Drew Brees thrown for 5,000 yards and I'm obviously a more consistent. We talked about seven, I think seven times he threw for 5,000 yards, maybe yeah, six, some, six, something like that. Yeah. Like quite, I mean, and Rogers never really eclipsed that. Rogers yeah. never touched 4,700 in a year. Yeah. Which is so. still mind-boggling me to, to to find that out now. Yeah. But. So slightly different, but kind of you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It's you would say, oh, you had a guy throw for five thousand yards six times. Okay, that guy has to have a bunch of MVPs with you. He has to have an MVP along the way, at least one yeah. or two. One or nope. two, and he, and he has none, and only one Super Bowl. Not so. one. The other guy, four time, four time league MVP, three time. Uh, four time. I think he's four time because he's won it. He won it not two, last year, but he two won years it ago. two years ago. Um, and then he won yeah. it the year before that. I think he went back to back, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I believe I so. Yeah. Won it one one earlier in his career. So, I mean, like really, it's kind of a wash when we're talking statistics here. Like, you know what I mean? It is. Because Breeze yeah. just has a higher volume when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, I um, think again, like if you want to sit down and nitpick, I do think uh, New Orleans's defenses were notoriously not good through the Drew Brees years. Um, which I do think that's why you see more passing yards, right? That's why obviously he's going to have to sling it around a lot more if your defense isn't going to be able to hold. But Rogers won MVP four times. Yeah, that's what I was 21, 14. But to be fair, only two of those were with McCarthy. The other two were with uh, LaFleur. Um, LaFleur. Because 21. Back to back years. Yeah, 20, 2020 and 2021 would have been with LaFleur. So LaFleur, yeah. he won a, an 11 and 14 with, with Mike McCarthy. Still. Yeah, it's interesting when you sit down and look at it like that. But again, I do think that there's an eye test factor of what you see on an offense, right? Like, just because the Vikings offense statistically is better than the Niners offense, if I were to ask you which offense you'd rather have, like which team, which of those offenses would you rather be a fan of if I'm trying to win a lot of games, I would take San Fran's every single time, right? Talent-wise, coaching-wise, the whole nine, despite the numbers telling you otherwise. So... But it is interesting, yeah, because especially, again, when you look at the comparisons and the reactions we had for both, I sit here and dump on McCarthy all the time, and we yeah. both raved about Peyton. And statistically – And they're, they're very similar guys. Right, right? here. Like, they're they're yeah. literally right here. The eye test is the only thing that really separates them. There's so not the, anything statistically that does. So the other point I kind of want to make in this argument is – like the Belichick Brady argument is kind of, I feel like on the same tracks as these, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, the coach doesn't have a lot of success. The one thing I will say is Belichick's defenses have stayed the same, right? Like it's not like, Oh, Brady left. And then the defenses felt like Belichick has been able to be great defensively, no matter what. Now to be fair, offensive head coaches, the quarterback is the driving factor behind that more than there is like, there's, there's less of a variable there with a defense, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, still, like, I think it, it has to be said that we view these guys, like Kyle Shanahan's made anyone 
great. You know what I mean? Anyone and everyone looked great at quarterback. Look great at quarterback. So it, it's really tough to like say, okay, so are we now saying Kyle Shanahan's in a better tier than Sean Payton, Mike McCarthy, right? Like I think, cause you would have said before, I think Sean Payton's in the same tier with Kyle Shanahan. And, and the point I'm trying to make is it's probably a tier below. Like I think Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, are consistently great in the offense, no matter like, cause Sh- Sean McVay at this point, we've seen Jared Goff be great. And we've also seen Matthew Stafford be great now. Yep. Now, I mean, Stafford's obviously a different level of talent at quarterback than Goff, but still, he's still you're pulling out of a 34 year old at that point. Yeah. You know? he, he still elevated two guys into like, I mean, arguably one of Stafford's probably a second best season in his career at 34. Yeah. Um, and then, Cooper you Cup's know, best year, the second best receiving season of all time, came yeah. you know from a McVay offense. From a McVay offense, so like I think the point I'm trying to make here is I don't think Peyton's in as high of a tier as we think, and I don't think McCarthy's as in low of a tier as we think. I think they're kind of more in the middle and more comparable than a lot of people probably have been thinking about them. Yeah. Um, I just I think it's an interesting conversation for sure. It is, um, yeah, it really is. So cool. Um, let's talk about, talk about some gambling here. Um, Ooh, yeah. so if you or anyone, you know, is struggling with a gambling addiction, contact the problem gambling helpline at 800-522-4700. I don't know why I read that in such weird numbers. <laughs> Professionals are available 24 hours a day to help take, to take your call. Help is available at no cost to the problem gambler or their concerned others. Um, Man, two polar opposite weeks for you and I. Um, I went two and one. The only one that didn't hit was for me was Falcons minus one and a half versus the Packers. The Falcons won by one point. Um, that's actually that's, crazy. That's rather unfortunate. Such a um, bad beat. That's that's a tough break. Um, Bucks minus two and a half versus the Bears hit. 49ers Rams uh, over 45 hit. So that puts me at four and two. Um, not a bad week for me. Yeah, uh, obviously, and I knew this was coming. the The come down from the three and O start to the year. Like anytime you get a three and O week, it's like, wow, I'm probably gonna suck next week. Most likely, um, didn't think I'd suck this bad. Uh, I wouldn't have sucked this bad if McVeigh didn't kick field goals. Time expired, but uh, the Chargers minus three versus Tennessee obviously didn't hit. The Chargers are zero and two and have disappointed in both games so far. San Francisco minus seven versus the Rams again. It pushed because of a last second for no reason field goal by the Rams just to push that bet. You know, I would be, I would also be four and two right now. had that field goal not went in, Um, but it is what it is. Um, And then Detroit and Seattle under 47 and a half. Again, I thought Detroit was going to kind of try to reestablish themselves defensively and they look really bad on defense right now. And that definitely attributed to the over hitting in that game. So a oh two and one week for me is what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call any pushes are just going to go down as ties in my opinion. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to call a three, two and one. Technically a rally probably should be just a three and three because you know, a push isn't a win and that's all that really matters. We're here for wins, but I'm going to call it a three, two and one week for me or total through the two weeks. So what do you got for this week? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, this is a tougher week. I think I think it week was. two, week three is when you start to like figure out the balance of everything, and I think the lines get a lot harder. Yeah. Um, I will say I I I think I told you when we were picking this, I almost faded like I think two of your picks. Two um, of them, yeah. 
So I, I think this week is going to be very, very interesting. I think it's one of those. I think the lines are coming back down to earth a little bit more and we have a little bit better of an idea. Not or they're stretched or it's, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'll ever outside of college football. I don't think I'll ever feel comfortable in a minus 12 and a half situation at the NFL. The NFL? No, I just, no, no. I can't I bet on it. those lines. Yeah. No, like, and you're like, really, you can't touch, you know, Kansas city versus Chicago minus 12 and a half. And I'm like, no. I can't because if they go up three touchdowns and they pull Patty in the fourth and then the bears score with two minutes left, here we are. I just lost money. I mean, set that conversation aside. When has Kansas City looked good this season? Also true. Like they haven't looked good for I don't even think more than a they've, quarter. They've they looked struggled. good. They haven't looked great. Uh, that's they're right. not the Kansas City of the last two years, which is crazy to say because we thought last year was going to be that year. Struggled and, against Detroit, but we said, "Oh, they're missing Chris Kelsey Jones, missing and Chris Kelsey, Jones. and yeah, like it'll be fixed next week." They get Kelsey and Chris Jones back, and they—I mean, I know I like the Jaguars a lot, but like. I don't know if that game was as much about the Jaguars being good as it as it was about the Chiefs just not being on good timing and getting themselves together. Both of their games this year, they did not deserve to win. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, both both of those, like it was it was a crazy one game, one. but yeah, it wasn't wasn't quite what I thought here. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's crazy, but. Uh, my three picks for this week are going to be Pats minus two and a half versus the Jets. Um, I, I hate picking my teams to win. I really, I really, really do. Um, say what you will. Patriots looked competitive against the Eagles. Um, man, who'd they even play last week on Sunday night? Oh, they look competitive against the Dolphins as well. There it is. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, is I, it, I do take the Patriots typically against young quarterbacks who struggle. If the Jets think about throwing as much as they did last week against Dallas, I think it's going to be a lot of the same result. Um, I think New England's defense is good, and I think their offense is better than it was last year. So I think it's going to get, I think they're going to get eaten alive if they think about dropping Zach Wilson back more than 20 times in this game. Because yeah. um, as much as we say, oh, Belichick's great against rookie quarterbacks, he is. Zach, Sam Darnold was still seeing ghosts in like year two or three. So yeah. like, I don't think yeah. it always goes away. Like unless a guy is actually getting better. So I think for Zach, it has to be an MVP candidate, young quarterback to kind of break that. So like Lamar broke that guys like Justin Herbert, Zach Wilson yeah. is nowhere near that level. Now, the reason that I still like it, it's only two and a half. So the Patriots just have to win by a field goal. I like that. Jets might run the ball and it might just be like a slug fast game, but I still like the Pats to come out and win this one uh, defense. I mean, the Jets defense is better, but not that much better. Not so much better than I'm like, Oh gosh, you have to lean this way. And the if Patriots it was, offense is significantly better with Mac Jones than they are with the uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. If it was Patriots minus three and a half, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I see 17, 14, like that's my score prediction here. So minus two and a half, I'm all for it. Yeah, three or three and a half. Um, it's it's not that I'm worried about losing. It's just not a surefire thing at that point. And and it's the same. It's the same conversation. Like we we have this conversation week after week. If it's a field goal, it makes a world of difference versus two and a half here. Hundred percent. Um, other game I have here: Commanders plus six and a half versus the Bills. Um, this is a little bit of the wave of Sam Howell played really really well. Um, last week, right? Uh, gets the overtime win against the Broncos. Same conversation we just had with the Kansas City Chiefs is true for the Buffalo Bills. I have yet to see them play well and play yeah. like a really good, well put together game, like a, um, a Super Bowl contender, like they should be. Should be right. So, um, if you're going to give me close enough to a touchdown at six and a half with the Commanders, I think again, I think that game's a slugfest and it's like a three, four, 
three, four point game. So that's why I'm going to go that route. I, I like that pick a lot. I almost took it. I was sitting down and just looking. I The Bills defense statistically has played pretty well. And I think if, you know, if there's a team that might struggle when a defense starts to play well, it might be, you know, that ex- inexperienced offense. The thing, the X factor is the run game. When yeah. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson have it working on the ground, that's why they've won football games because Sam Howell's not having to do it 35 times. So they can get the run game going. I really, really like that bet. But the Bills defense has been a little stout, and you got to nobody in that locker room is like blowing this game off. They're like, holy yeah. shit. They're thinking the same thing we are. Like, this is not the it's level. An interesting of game for sure. This is not the level of football we need to be playing right now. So, like, I'd like this bet a lot. And I think the only way it doesn't hit is if the Bills just come out and just finally play like a Super Bowl contender to win by 30, you know? Well, and I will say, like, the Commanders have done a fairly good job of taking care of the ball is the other thing. Yeah. Whereas the Bills have not. And (laughs) yeah, they've been awful at it. When you see that, like, to me, that's the scariest thing of, like, being like, okay, the line's at six and a half. Buffalo doesn't take care of the ball very well. You know, it's true. Those That's are not, a very good point. It's not a good recipe for me at, at a six and a half line. Now, I do. I think the Bills should be favored by six and a half. I do. I just don't think, you know, we're quite to that point here. Um, my final pick, Rams versus Bengals over 43 and a half. Um, I just think it's too low. I, I really do. I think the Rams offense has been way better than we all thought it was going to be. Constant. And I think Joe Burrow is long overdue for, for a big game. Yeah, if... The only reason that doesn't hit is that Burrow doesn't play, which I still think is up in the air, <clears throat> but it's still like a 75% chance he plays on Monday night. So if Burrow doesn't play, that one obviously is probably not going to go. But if Burrow's out there, should be a pretty easy hit on that over. Yeah. Um, definitely feels like one that should be like 46 and a half, 47. Um, I, I agree. I really do. All right. So over to my side, we talked about not picking field goals. For the second week in a row, I'm going to take a team minus three. I would love to get Detroit at minus two and a half versus Atlanta, but probably going to be minus three. Um, I'm purely betting on Dan Campbell and the boys bouncing back. That is what this pick is for. This is, if you have faith in the Lions, this is a pick I feel confident in, right? Um, Truth be told, if Atlanta gets it going on the ground, it's probably not going to be a pretty game, but – Hopefully Ben Johnson and the boys can get it thrown around. It's, you know, beating the Falcons by more than three points shouldn't be that much of an issue. But if it turns into a shootout, it's, you know, it may, it's actually probably their best chance because I do think they win the shootout every single time. But if it's a ground and pound 24-21 game, it's going to be a tough one for the Lions to cover that minus three spread. But again, I have all faith. Dan Campbell has given his best of best kneecaps, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there is there is a lot more than kneecaps being ripped off in that pregame speech from what he's going to give them when it comes to game time on Sunday. Um, uh, New Orleans plus one and a half versus Green Bay. This is actually – I actually had Green Bay minus one and a half here against New Orleans. Um, you know, with Jordan Love being tied for the league lead in passing touchdowns at six, which I did not know until you said it earlier. Um, yeah, it's nuts. But I, I was leaning Green Bay because I, I I have heard that he's played well, which has surprised me. I did not think he was going to be the guy, and he's shown that he's damn sure not as bad as everybody thought he was from what we saw you know, a year from the backup games he played behind Rodgers. 
the thing here is it's a close game, right? I can't believe that you actually had a minus one and a half pick that missed and they still won. That's crazy. I didn't think that that day would ever come last week with, yeah. with Atlanta. Um, was it Atlanta last week too? It was Atlanta. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was a crazy game. I don't, I don't think I watched this one. I think I watched the the post highlights of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it went to. Did it go to overtime? I don't think it did. There was an overtime game this weekend, though, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. It wasn't this one, but um, um, yeah. New Orleans and Green Bay. What I'm seeing here is again the Saints defense is where they make their money at, and when it comes down to a close game. And one side has a better defense and a more experienced quarterback. Being at one and a half, I'm going to take it, right? All they have to do is win the game, right? It's plus one and a half. The, the one-point win gets it for me this week. So I like New Orleans in this game. I think the defense is really what's going to be the tone setter for them. And Derek Carr just has to take care of the football after that. I mean, that's, that's the two simple keys to victory there. Shut Jordan Love down. Don't turn the ball over. Win a football game, right? Um, I've, uh, Philly minus four and a half versus Tampa Bay here as well. I think it is in Tampa Bay. Obviously that's the only reason this line is so close. Um, and we did just, I, we both, and I myself said, I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm going to put my confidence in Baker Mayfield, not the defense. I want to do it against not the offense that I want to play when my defense, you know, is spending all this money and we have all these superstars, right? You look at the Bucks defense mad to put it in Madden terms, like, like three or four guys that have X factors or superstars on this team, and they can't stop anybody for nothing. And DeAndre Swift is coming off uh, what 120, 150 yard uh, performance on Thursday night football last week. 150 yards, I want to say. He so balled out. Uh, if they can, if they can keep Vita Vey out of the backfield, they're gonna have their way with the secondary all day long. Philly should be a pretty easy cover at minus four and a half. I'm at least I'm damn sure hoping because I need a bounce back week. The yeah, one seventy five for DeAndre Swift. The one insane. thing I'll, I'll say. So the two picks I thought about fading you on were Detroit uh, minus three versus Atlanta. I almost took Atlanta plus three, but I hate field goal games. The only reason I didn't touch it, but I do like Atlanta in that game. Um, so that's kind of why I like them plus the points. Because the weakness of Detroit is, like you said, their defense. The strong point of Atlanta is their offense. Um, Philly minus four and a half versus Tampa Bay. The weakest point of Philadelphia is their cornerbacks. So the matchup of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin for me is a little bit scary. And this is as a guy who's supported the Eagles through thick and thin. Um, That that concerns me a little bit. It really, really, really does. So... um, I think four and a half is interesting. I think Philly's a better team, um, but I think Tampa Bay could put up more points than we expect. Yeah, I agree. So it's it's going to be it's a chippy week, like we said. There's not there's not a lot of razor thin ones where right you're making a lot of money line picks, and there's a lot of the super inflated ones where anything over a touchdown is hard to feel confident about in the NFL. Because yeah. again, I talk about that stat. I hate game winning drives because. In the third quarter, you're down three. You go down, score a touchdown, take a four-point lead, and then nobody scores in the fourth. That's a game-winning drive. I hate that, right? And that doesn't cover at that point. It doesn't cover a, a seven-point spread True. for just getting that touchdown while you're down three. So Vegas is catching on. You know, It's that time of the year where it's going to get tougher. I unfortunately fell victim to it a week early, so I've got to try to try to yeah. bounce back this week. But it's going to be it's going to be a fun one. Well, cool, yeah. If uh, if you made it thus far, we appreciate you. I don't think we shout out the YouTube at the beginning here, um, but we are on YouTube at Red Zone Talk 
pod yes. um, is, is where you'll find us on the YouTube. Hopefully this is a video. We'll see. It just depends on what the first half of this podcast ends up looking like. Yeah. Um, that'll be, that'll be the interesting story. We'll see if that comes together, but um, if you made it this far, we appreciate you listening. Uh, anything else you want to add there, Mr. Owen? No, like we said, Instagram page is still up, right? TikTok page is up content coming soon. Still working on uh, things like that. So get to us on, on YouTube, red zone talk pod, Instagram, red zone talk, get to me on Twitter, Owen underscore Burke, wherever you feel like contact and whatever is your best mode of communication. We got all the apps covered, right? So we are here ready to answer questions, ready to have a lot of fun around the beautiful game of football. So that's going to do it for episode six. We'll see you guys next week for episode seven. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you then.